Hello, and welcome to The Film Degree. My name is Patrick, and I have a very exciting episode today that circles all the way back to The Film Degree's first episode. As I said in the very first episode, which was titled Misogyny and Kristen Stewart, I was rooting for Kristen to take home the Oscar next year for Spencer without even having seen it yet. Well, having seen it, I'm here to say that that Oscar is hers. Okay, it's hers. (laughs) But before I get into her performance, I want to discuss Pablo Lorraine's take on the biopic. And if you're unaware, Pablo Lorraine directed Spencer, but he also directed uh, Jackie in 2016. And both films follow two very influential women, Princess Diana and First Lady Jacqueline Kennedy, and into very vulnerable moments in their lives. In Spencer, Diana spends... Christmas with the royals as she grapples the idea of leaving her husband and the monarchy, uh, while the film Jackie follows Jacqueline in the days following her husband, President John F. Kennedy's assassination. Lorraine also directed the biopic Neruda, and I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that name, uh, but for the sake of this episode, I will only be discussing Jackie and Spencer as they are specifically linked and part of this like proposed trilogy like spiritual trilogy which i don't even know if that's true or that's happening i just read this article which i don't remember what it was but they were like someone asked him like are you going to make a third movie like this about britney spears and the free britney movement and he was like uh no like how would that even work and i don't know i i I'm a huge Britney supporter. I'm a huge Britney fan, but I don't think I want a biopic on Britney. I think she deserves to um, do what she wants in peace. But also that got me thinking like, oh my God, who do I want another a movie about if he's going to make a third one? I don't know. I don't know who's worthy of this kind of story. So yeah, I don't know. If you have an idea, let me know. But I, I have no I- idea who would close out this trilogy. But before I get into these two movies, I do want to cite my sources. And (laughs) for the very first time on this podcast, I did not cite Wikipedia as a source. I didn't even use Wikipedia like at all. I think I only used it to like see how many movies Pablo Lorraine directed like that was it I I did not cite it so this is a for real researched episode you guys like I actually did stuff I didn't just go on Wikipedia and read you the plot of a movie (laughs) but my sources are the article Jackie director Pablo Lorraine and the Kennedy story rage curiosity and love by Melina Saval the article Pieces of a Princess, Kristen Stewart and Pablo Lorraine's Break Breakdown, Three Key Spencer Scenes by Glenn Whip. Um, article Pablo Lorraine Wanted to Tell Diana's Story Dif- Differently by Carrie Whitmer. And Pablo Lorraine Isn't Trying to Reinvent the Biopic with Spencer by Matthew Jacobs. Okay, so let's get into it a little bit. Pablo Lorraine, which I looked up a video on how to pronounce his name, and I think it's Lorraine. I'm not sure. Again, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing it, but he is a Chilean filmmaker. Um, Before Jackie, he directed seven Chilean films, including the Oscar-nominated historical drama No in 2012. 
And in 2015, Lorraine was approached by Darren Aronofsky um, to helm the film Jackie. And when asked to direct the film, Lorraine said, why are you calling a Chilean? Who told you that was a good idea? (laughs) He also would go on to say, I'm not a big fan of biopics, to be honest, and I don't have any particular attachment to the history. But then I kind of connected with Jackie herself. I'd only worked with male main characters before, so this was the first time I could approach a woman's perspective. And the more I learned about her, how she was able to shape all of these complicated ideas of JFK's legacy, I wanted to explore that. But it had all the elements that you need for a movie. Rage, curiosity, and love. Uh, Lorraine would also go on to describe Jackie as an anti-biopic. He said, We wanted to build from the genre, mixing others into it. There are elements of noir, black comedy, a road movie too. It's sort of a movie about movies, and more a Nerudian movie than the movie about Neruda. When we submitted the movie to Cannes and we had to list the genre, I said, let's just leave it blank. And for anyone with any sort of confusion about Nerudian and Neruda, me too. And I'm sorry if I mispronounce his name again. But for context, I'm almost positive that he is referring, well, obviously to the movie that he directed, (laughs) but to the Chilean poet slash diplomat or poet diplomat Pablo Neruda which that he made a movie about. I have not seen the movie yet. I would like to because I really liked Spencer and Jackie. Spoiler alert, I liked them. (laughs) I really liked them. Now, when talking about Spencer, the film opens with the words, fable from a true tragedy, immediately telling the audience that this will not be the typical biopic, such as movies like The Theory of Everything, The Disaster Artist, Lincoln, The Fighter, The Runaways, The Social Network, so on and so forth. And I'm not a huge fan of biopics. I'm just going to put that out there right now. But to me, this is where the thing, things get interesting and perhaps open up a bigger conversation on the morals of biopics. Uh, when des- when describing Spencer, Lorraine said, it's a very intimate portrait. It's a story that's told from her perspective. So we kind of inhabit her point of view and we are with her and experiencing everything from her eyes. It's just this tiny, tiny amount of time, but it's about her identity. It's about her as a woman, as a mother. So this film, just like Jackie, takes place just um, within a few days and behind closed doors uh there's no way of knowing what really happened in these moments these characters are seen as strictly characters and they're not real life people unlike the average biopic when asked if people will see lorraine as deconstructing the biopic he said this i've never done it consciously first i don't have a plan of doing this or that type of movie I'm not trying to build my career so people can create any kind of logic or analyze it in any specific way. Also, I don't think I've ever done a biopic. I think Neruda and Jackie and Spencer are movies about people in certain circumstances where everything is about to explode. They're not really biographical analyzations. It's not the study of a life of someone. 
I think some people could misunderstand it. But they go to see a movie like Spencer, they might say, we're going to really understand who this person was. No, wrong number, wrong movie. We don't do that. We're just trying to work with whatever that person was and create a fable out of it. That's what I'm looking for. So these films are biopics without being biopics. Um, This is where the question I have of morals comes in. And that is, is it okay to make stories about people that aren't true that could easily sway the opinions of the audience? And I'm not saying that Spencer or Jackie are morally wrong. It's just a question that I have never thought of before seeing Spencer. And I'm curious about it now because I honestly, besides Jackie, I had never seen a movie like Spencer where it was about a real person, but clearly things were not true. Although with Jackie, I kind of assumed everything was true because it seemed more, um, Jackie seems more like we would know like more what's the word documented or something like everything was documented there were people around when it came to Spencer it was clear that it was kind of about family secrets and about a family that is full of secrets and we're never gonna know what happened in these days and there are like some surreal moments in Spencer like with ghosts and shit (laughs) So we'll get to that, but this is the first time I've ever had this question because I've never seen something like this before. But like, I personally know nothing about either Diana or Jackie. (laughs) Both were dead before I was born. So how they're presented here is like all I know of them. This is like my, this is my education on them because hello, I'm American so I know nothing about Diana because schools, honestly, schools growing up, at least for me, maybe school's just a big bullshit scam. I don't know. I said this in my last episode at the end of my long rant, but I'm kind of beginning to think all school is a sham because I don't know anything. I feel like really unintelligent. Schools like history class doesn't really tell you anything. They just go over the same subject in that specific, like, a same sub subject, I guess. That's not a word. I'm just showing that I'm stupid and proving what I'm saying. But like, when it comes to history, we learn the same stories over and over again every year. Like I don't I know nothing about the royals. I know nothing about Diana. They don't teach anything about that. We learn about like the Civil War, World War Two. And then once we hit the end of the year, they're like, oh yeah, 9-11 happened. We're done. Like, that's all I I know. Like, I know nothing. So I know nothing about Princess Diana. And I don't know. I don't really know anything about Jackie other than those, like, how everyone makes fun of her on Twitter now where they're like, <laughs> they post pictures of her and her like jank ass teeth. And they're like, Jackie want meatloaf. Jackie eat sheet metal. Like that. That's <laughs> <laughs> terrible. I shouldn't say that. But like, um, it's funny, but like, I don't know anything about her. Like, I know she was this um, fashion icon and this woman who's looked up to very much. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know anything about them. So I just think it's interesting 
especially because I because I don't know anything about them, but because there are some very intimate subjects that are depicted in both of these movies, but most notably the depiction of Princess Diana's eating disorder. And I knew nothing about this. I had no idea that Princess Diana had any sort of eating disorder. I actually Googled it to like see if like this was a thing like people knew about or this movie just pulled it out of its ass. Like I had no idea. Uh, apparently she did. Uh, I don't know the extent of it. I didn't read anything. I just saw all the headlines and, you know, I've never seen the crown, which I don't know if that's even accurate, like historically, but I don't know if they've ever discussed in there. It's like, I've never heard of this, but, um, the way that some of this is depicted, like the eating disorder, there is one scene in there that really, it's like kind of grotesque. Okay. Like we'll get into it cause it's, it's one of my favorite scenes, but, um, it's depicted in a certain way in this movie. And I'm, again, I'm not saying that these depictions were incorrect or poorly done. Like I'm not saying anything right now. Uh, I myself have struggled with my own disordered eating and false perceptions of my own body image, like my entire life, like starting as a child. So I actually found this portrayal in this movie on eating disorders to be very relatable but like to me personally like it was very relatable I never really see that in movies where I actually relate to it I did to this so again I'm not saying like this is a bad portrayal of eating disorders but I also know from my experience that eating disorders are a very personal <laughs> and a very private thing and unfortunately, Diana is not here to tell that story. And she is not here to say whether or not she appreciates the depiction or appreciates that it's out there. So I have no idea what her thoughts would be. And um, all I know is that if a movie was made about me after I died and someone was like, oh my God, let's let's make a big portion of it about his eating disorders and they do a hack job of it and fuck it up i would be very pissed off okay <laughs> i would roll in my grave in fact it would make me so angry that i would reanimate my fucking corpse from beyond the grave just so i could roll it over like i would be furious so and again i'm not saying they did her dirty or anything i'm just saying that this got me thinking of all biopics that have ever happened on how there are real people being depicted and if, like, what would they actually think of them? And it kind of, like, sent me down a rabbit hole of thought where I could not make up my mind if having depictions of real people was, like, morally right or wrong as a whole, but more specifically if changing facts or just making things up are morally right or wrong i think i have to settle on it being a moral gray area i have enjoyed plenty of media that may have twisted facts in their depictions of real people like i love both jackie and spencer and one of my favorite shows is american horror story and that show does this extensively <laughs> This show has used, like, off the top of my head, the Black Dahlia, 
Anne Frank, Anastasia Romanov, uh, Marie Laveau, Delphine Lolari, The Night Stalker, Dwight and Mamie Eisenhower, JFK, Marilyn Monroe, um, Charles Manson, Andy Warhol, uh, The Roanoke Colony, like... The list goes on. Every season has real people in it and they are doing crazy shit. Like in the last one, the last season in Double Feature, Mamie Eisenhower like fucks an alien robot, okay? And she's like, it's just like a sex toy or whatever. I don't remember what she said. So I'm sorry. I just totally forgot about that scene. and I just remembered it. But so like, does that mean I don't enjoy these depictions or these shows? No. But does that mean that like these people would appreciate these depictions? I don't know. But also this might be a bad example because like, what did I say? Like the Night Stalker, like who cares what pe- what he thinks? All right. He like was awful and brutal and disgusting. But that is for a different podcast. That is for a true crime podcast. Okay, let's get back to Jackie and Spencer. I'm not sure the answer to this morality question. Spencer did say that it was a fable at the beginning, but these are still real people attached. In fact, Lorraine said this. I'm sure that you would never be able to really capture someone. It's not possible. Not even the most accomplished biopic. What I try to do is to find some sort of space that could resemble a very specific illusion on who that person might have been. He went on and said, and I think Diana, she's part of this universal myth. It's like working around William Shakespeare. Someone could just pick up any of his plays and do a version. And this is our version of that sort of universal narrative. So yeah, this quote is how I think I would leave this question that I have just up for anyone to think about. Uh, Perhaps it is completely impossible to fully capture someone. I, I think I agree with that. Um, So maybe the best option is to take the approach of Lorraine and do the, what could have happened, or maybe there is no right answer to this and it's all just a morally gray area and nobody cares. I don't know, but I, Just think that, uh, well, one, this is an interesting approach to biopics, but two, what would I think if I were the one getting my life adapted on screen? And I'm also like very curious as to what William and Harry thought of their portrayal because they are characters in the movie as well as the portrayal of their parents because isn't their dad alive or something? I don't know. I don't care. But I have no idea what I would think if it was my life. Um... I don't know what they think. I don't know. I have no answers. But I just love the movie. And let's just move on and talk about this movie. Or these movies, both of them. Because I do want to talk about Jackie first. Uh, I had seen Jackie back in 2017 and was immediately blown away by Natalie Portman, who portrays Jackie. One thing about Jackie and Spencer is that Lorraine directs two absolutely phenomenal performances from both of its leads. Natalie was nominated for Best Actress in 2017, I believe. She was up against Emma Stone for La La Land, Isabel Hubert for Elle, Ruth Naga for Loving, and Meryl Streep for that um, 
Florence Foster Jenkins. And this should have been a slam dunk win for Natalie Portman. I would go as far as say that her performance in Jackie is one of the best performances I've ever seen. Like it is incredible. Her accent and dialect work like alone should have snatched that win. But for some reason, Emma Stone from for La La Land won. And that is no disrespect to Emma Stone. Even though I'm sure if Emma Stone was listening to this, she'd be like, um, okay, fuck you. <laughs> but I think like Emma is one of the most talented actresses working today. And she is phenomenal in La La Land. But also, I don't find that role very great. And it's certainly not like flashy, like the role of Jackie. And maybe Stone's subtlety was a draw. Plus like La La Land was having a big moment that year. It almost won Best Picture. If you recall, Faye Dunaway announced La La Land instead of the actual winner, Moonlight. Like how could we forget? How could we forget? It's a very iconic moments. But also, Natalie had already won Best Lead Actress in, I think, 2011 for Black Swan. So, yeah, double winners have happened before, but I am sure that her past win probably swayed some people's votes into giving it to Emma, who I think should have actually won Best Supporting Actress, like, back in, like, 2015. I think it was 15. It's 15 or 16 for um, Birdman. So, like, either way, I'm happy that both Emma and Natalie have Oscars. But when I tell you that Natalie's performance is insane, I mean, it's fucking insane. And she should have won an Oscar. Like, she should have. It should have been in the bag. And the same goes for Kristen Stewart. Like, they're engraving her name into that Oscar statue right now. And But I do want to say, I do want to say that when Spencer started, I was honestly, I was honestly skeptical. I was not sure what I was witnessing. Like the first few minutes caught me completely off guard. Like her line delivery was, it was like borderline shouting and sounded somewhat awkward. I don't know. I was sitting there thinking like, holy shit, what the fuck am I going to do? I was hyping the shit up. And what am I going to do? Am I supposed to just lie and keep saying it's Oscar, like best actress worthy? Like what the hell's going on? What is everyone talking about? But then my opinion like completely flipped like a switch at about like 10 minutes in and like everything fit into place and I like fully understood what she was doing or at least like my interpretation of what she was doing. And at like this point of the story, like at this point in the story of Diana, well, in this version of Diana, she's like at her breaking point and she's like a pot of boiling water that's like simmering at the rim, just like waiting to boil over. And at that point, when I like understood that, I, I like understood, I understood her, I don't know how to describe it, like this reluctant shouting of line delivery. Like I understood what she was doing. Like it felt like this woman who was desperately trying to keep it together, but like, you know, she's not going to, and she's like, almost about to scream but she's not she's trying to keep it in like i like understood and i was like okay she's kind of killing it (laughs) and i think this is like a really nice contrast between the characters of jackie and diana both are two women just trying to keep it together but they handle it very differently jackie is sort of this like demure and ladylike figure when her husband is murdered and pieces of his head are sitting on her lap 
And sometimes somehow she she like holds herself up gracefully. Uh, when I first watched it though, like I thought this was just because like she was in shock and had like the weight of the world on her shoulders and everyone's looking at her and her husband just died and blah 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 blah. But on rewatch, I took it as that she sees herself as America's mother and she's even referred to America's mother at one point, I believe. I don't know, don't quote me on that. I just feel like I remember that. Um, but it's it's like Jackie shields like not only her literal children from her emotions but her figurative children as well which her figurative children being america and the only time we actually see like jackie break in any sort of way is when she's by herself never when she's around people which if i went through what she did i would have been losing my shit like the entire time they would have to sedate me in the halls of the white house They would have to sedate me in the fucking convertible that JFK got his head blown up. Like she was picking up pieces of his brain and skull. I would be losing my mind. And honestly, I feel like she probably did. Cause did we ever hear about Jackie after this? Like, did she just go full on gray gardens like her cousins or whatever and become a recluse? Like I have, I have no idea. Again, I know nothing about Jackie or Diana, but yeah. I I don't know where I was going with that, but Jackie somehow keeps it together. And there is this like really great moment in the movie where she has to tell her two small children that their dad will never be coming home again. And I don't even know how old her kids are. I have this like, you know how some people are like colorblind. I think I'm like age blind. Like if I see a child, I don't know how old they are. I have no fucking clue how old a child is just by looking at it i have seen a child and i thought like oh they're like five and they're like 10 like i do, i just i can't comprehend they all look the same to me like once he had a teenager then it's different it's like child teenager like i have no idea how old her children are i think one is like very young like I don't know. He's like the age where like you're sitting in church or whatever. And like some little almost baby like walks around and is getting into shit and causing a fucking mess. I don't know what she actually does at his dad's funeral. But anyway, again, I'm getting sidetracked, but she starts off telling her children that her, their dad isn't coming back in like a very sugar-coated way. I can't even remember what she says. It's something like about, Oh, he's, he's going to go stay with your brother and your brother and sister or whoever. I don't know, Jackie had two miscarriages or two stillborns or something. And she's like trying to say like, oh, he's with them. You don't want them to be lonely or whatever. But then she just kind of like snaps out of it and decides to just tell her daughter straight, which her daughter is a little older, like not a lot. Again, I don't know, but I would guess like five. (laughs) I don't know. And she says to her daughter something along the lines of a bad man hurt daddy and daddy is dead and that he she needs to be strong now basically and i have this opinion on jackie that i which on jackie on the character of jackie because again i i don't know anything about jackie the real jackie but um 
I don't know how to describe it or word it, but I feel like Jackie stays strong because in her mind, women need to act a certain way. No, like no matter the circumstances, like ladylike or whatever, like keep their composure. But when it comes to Spencer, I think the character of Diana is like the exact opposite and that is what i love about diana and maybe diana really was like this again i don't know she is like beloved like even by non-british people or whatever i don't even know my arm is so stupid like i don't even know how much <laughs> british people rule like do they just rule britain or like all of uk i have no idea like they don't even rule they're just like figureheads or something i have no idea i don't care about the royals don't care but i do like diana <laughs> But like everyone says that. Anyway, there's this moment in Spencer where one of her children, and I don't remember which one, Harry, Charles, is Charles one of them? I don't know. Was that Diana's husband? There's Prince Harry. William. Who's Charles? I don't know who Charles is. I think that was her husband. But one of her kids, William or Harry, says like that he's cold or something and that's like kind of said a lot in the movie because in the movie they like all go spend christmas at one of the queen's estates or something and they're in this house and they're like what the fuck are they gonna turn the heat on like this is bullshit like everyone is saying that well at least diana is and her kids are like mom i'm cold as hell what the hell's going on and she says something and i don't i don't know the exact I don't know the exact lines, but she says something along the lines of when you're cold, you light a fire. And I wish I could remember the exact quote because it was my favorite part of the movie because I think the character of Diana and maybe like the real Diana is defined by that line. Like, hello, this is the same woman who pulled the revenge dress stunt. Like, yeah, she lights fires under the queen's ass on the daily. She pulls stunts all the time. Or she did. I'm sorry. She died. May she rest in peace. But, like, she was, like, hugging and shaking hands with patients with HIV and AIDS in the 80s or something or the 90s. And that's not in the movie. I just know that because I've seen it or something. And I just know that's, like, she did controversial stuff like that. Um... But the film really centers on how the media writes all about her and she causes this huge frenzy when she's not even the one having an affair, but they still latch onto her. It's her husband and everyone knows that he's having this affair and people are treating Diana like she's crazy until actually, it actually does drive her crazy in this movie. Um, and Diana does not carry herself at all like Jackie. And I want to bring up this point. Both Jackie and Diana were in a marriage that they were in unfaithful marriages. Both of their husbands cheated on them. Both were very well documented and humiliating. Like, first of all, like this, I'm sorry, no hate to whoever this woman is. I don't even remember what her name is because, again, I don't care about the royals, but the mistress charles's mistress i don't even know if his name is charles i'm just gonna call him charles was like she wasn't even like hot or anything like she was no diana like i'm sorry i just don't get it and she just kind of seems really boring and then you know jfk was fucking marilyn monroe so 
um <laughs> i was gonna make a joke like okay we understood that one <laughs> Although it wasn't even just JFK fucking Marilyn. Like, wasn't his brother fucking her too? Like, they were both, they were probably, like, oh my God, I was going to say they're Eiffel Towering her, but I don't know. Like, I feel like I heard that once. Like, they were both having relations with Marilyn and Marilyn was like, okay, I am one of those people. I am a, Marilyn Monroe was murdered by the Kennedy's truther. I fully believe that. I think, um, Bobby, was his name Bobby? I think Bobby killed her. There's no way she died, like, the way that she, they say. Like, I'm sorry. She didn't kill herself. She didn't have a drug overdose. She was either poisoned or whatever. She was, I don't know. Bobby killed her. She knew things that she should not have known because she was with both Bobby and JFK. What's his first name? John with John and Bobby. And wasn't she also, like, people that were in the mob or something? And a baseball player? I don't know. I don't know. This isn't about Meryl Monroe. I'm just saying. Both Jackie and Diana were in these unfaithful relationships. They're both cheated on and they both, again, carry themselves so very differently. Like in the movie, it's very hinted at that they're talking about John having affairs and how he's not the perfect man. And Jackie is still sitting straight up, looking beautiful and being like, he he always came back to me and my family. He came back to our family. He wasn't perfect, but he came back to our family. And she always stood up for him and kind of she passive. She's very passive, at least in this movie. Again, I don't know if she's passive. She probably beat the fuck out of him. I have no idea. With teeth like that, she was gnawing on his leg at night because of it. I have no idea. So Diana, on the other hand, was losing her shit. Okay. She was like, why the fuck is everybody treating me like I'm crazy? This motherfucker is ruining my life. And the queen is fucking with me too. It was very different. And like Diana does not carry herself like Jackie at all. She was unhinged the entire three days that the movie takes place. And everybody knows it in this movie. She doesn't hide it necessarily. (laughs) She knows what is going on around her is wrong and she is lighting a fire around it. Lorraine says these aren't biopics. They kind of are, but they're not. I like they are. They aren't. Okay. Like what? Hidden Figures. That was a biopic, even though it wasn't all necessarily true, but it like kind of went through their lives, like their whole story, blah, blah, blah. This was like These take place in a very specific time frame, like three days, three, four days. And it's like a character study and it's almost like fake characters. Like you could watch this and not know who Diana is or anything. Although I feel like you should know about Diana when going into Spencer because when watching it, I wouldn't necessarily Like, if I knew absolutely nothing about her, like, absolutely nothing at all, I wouldn't know why people are saying, like, oh, she's a problem to the monarchy. She's a problem to the throne. Like, I have no idea. I just know that she did certain things. She was very controversial to the queen, but she was very well-liked by the people or whatever. 
But watching this, I'd be like, what What did she even do? Like, I don't understand why they're against her because they don't really explain it. So, yes, it's good to have that sort of background information. But, like, honestly, these could be completely made up characters for all I know and for all the movie needs to display or whatever. I don't know what I'm saying. Like, the movie treats them as characters, not as real life people. Anyway. Natalie Portman, like, to get into more of their performances, Natalie Portman is, like, so subtle in every movement, and every line delivery. But just, like, somehow, and I can't explain it, she just looks like she's about to have a breakdown at any moment in, like, tears, but she never does. But Kristen Stewart's Diana is, like I said, like a pot of boiling water simmering at the edges until she completely loses it. And she's, like, literally seeing ghosts which I loved. I loved this aspect. I had no idea this movie would take any sort of route like Spencer did. She starts seeing Anne, Anne Boleyn, I think is how you say her name. Um, and I know nothing about Anne Boleyn. Like, I didn't even know that was a real person when I got out of that theater. I was like, wait, is this bitch real? <laughs> like, I had no idea. But she starts seeing, like, the ghost of Anne Boleyn and... I like their connection was really interesting. And if you don't know, Anne was like the queen in the 1500s or something. I don't even know if that's the right year. I don't know. She's the queen at some point in the like the old timey shit. And she had this husband who's the king and he had an affair and he like he he wanted a son or something. And she had a daughter and then she had like miscarriages or stillborns or something so he was like um i'm gonna get a mistress so he like started fucking Anne's friend and then he was like i gotta get rid of Anne. um so i'm gonna charge her with like trying to take over the throne or something i don't remember but like also incest was one of them i think when i read on wikipedia okay so i did look at wikipedia okay i looked at Anne Boleyn's wikipedia something about incest like he accused her of that or something and then he just chopped her head off Mm -hmm. what the hell so (laughs) diana sees herself in Anne boleyn and she said a line or something like that they're related distantly what i don't know am i making that up or like is this true because I don't know, now we're getting a little too close to home, very Alabama-y, very Alabama in the UK, because, um, like, now we're crossing family lines with Diana and Charles. The reason this connection for Anne Boleyn happens is because there is a book, like a biography of Anne Boleyn put in Diana's room, and she, like, gets this connection. And this is another really interesting part of the movie, and I can't make up my mind on it yet. So when Diana finds this book, she kind of starts going crazy. She literally sees Anne Boleyn walking around and stuff. And there's this man, Gregory, at the end, who works for the queen, and he's like an antagonist this entire movie. He is like, I don't know, he's walking around with a nightstick or whatever. I'm being dramatic, but he was like making sure everything went how the queen wanted and it was like i'm keeping an extra eye on diana because this bitch is crazy and the queen 
wants me to. And I'm going to fuck with her a little bit. Like, that's kind of how he was. Like, you need to weigh yourself, which did I mention before? No, I didn't. I'm going to get to that. So at the end of the movie, we see this man, Gregory, putting the the book, the Anne Boleyn book, back into the library. So it it's alluded to that he's the one who put it in there. So I'm not sure what he wanted to accomplish with that. And that is an actual debate. So I'm not sure if he put that in there to warn her and be like, if you don't follow the way that is set from the queen, you're going to get beheaded. Like this is the same thing. Anne and her husband, like she became a problem. They got rid of her. They're going to do that to you. So it was like a warning. Like you need to get your shit together and start acting how the queen wants you to act. And, or was he, did he put it in there so that she would make the connection? Diana would make the connection that her and Anne had very similar circumstances and would it just drive her more crazy? Like, did the queen, did, was the queen like, hey, hey, Greg, how would you put this book in my um, grandson's wife's room? So she goes crazy. Like, I'm going to fuck with Diana. Let's put this book in here. She's going to go nuts. It's going to be so funny. LOL. Like, did she do that? And Lorraine and Kristen Stewart cannot agree on what they think, what they think. So Lorraine believes that Gregory Gregory was helping her, but Kristen believes that he was against her. And I, again, I'm not totally made up my mind, but I think the more interesting version of the story is that the queen was intentionally like, fucking with diana because she's just a real sick and twisted bitch like i i don't know it's kind of game of thronesy like she's playing games she's like this is a warning but it's also a it's funny for me to watch diana squirm because clearly she's having an issue everyone is talking about diana's issues and i i want to play haha it's so funny like i don't know i just feel like the queen is like that behind her weird scowl in her corgis like she's really evil i don't know but yeah i think that's like this movie it has these surreal elements like the ghost of anne boleyn and what we're going to talk about next is also surreal but also like there's very open-ended questions that this movie brings up and i think that's really interesting that's not something a biopic i've ever seen has done before but like the next surreal moment the thing that i really really want to talk about is the fucking pearl scene because i think it's my favorite scene of the entire year so far um so basically we see diana's eating disorder very explicitly in this movie like she is weighed when she gets to the house by the queen's orders it's this really weird thing. Like the guy, Gregory, he's like, it's tradition. You have to sit on this scale and we're going to weigh you. And if you don't gain three pounds by the end of the um, Christmas day, like three days, um, then that means you didn't have fun. So I need you to sit your bony ass on the scale so I can weigh you. And Diana's like, I don't want to do that. Um, clearly she doesn't want to do that. Gregory, she has an eating disorder. 
Anyway, so she has to sit on the scale. Her dresses need to be taken in. She vomits all of her food up into like the toilet many, many times. (laughs) I really want to bring this up. So when the poster dropped for Spencer, the one of Kristen like kneeling in her white dress and everyone was like going crazy. They're like, oh my God, this is such a beautiful poster. While watching this movie, I see the poster in the movie. They used a still from the movie of Kristen kneeling, but she's kneeling over a toilet and vomiting in the actual movie, like the picture that they took. And they just photoshopped the toilet out of it. So that that poster of Kristen kneeling, like her back to the, um, back to the, whatever, not the screen, but back to us, the audience or wherever, who's ever looking at the poster, she's vomiting. But it's such a beautiful poster. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought that was hilarious. Like I saw the movie, I almost started shitting myself. I was like, oh my God, she didn't pose for this picture. This was taken from the movie. And she's throwing up in this poster, this gorgeous poster. Crazy. Anyway. So there's that. She vomits all her food. Um, Like, there's so many shots of Kristen vomiting in this movie. Like, bulimic, purging, vomiting. Everyone is talking about her eating habits. Like, her husband is like, you need to fucking eat you stupid bitch. Like he literally treats her like that. He's like, if you're not gonna like have a smile on your face or something, you better fucking eat the food. And like the cook is like, Oh, I made this specially for you. And Diana just cannot get, keep anything down throughout the whole movie. And there is this one scene that really, (laughs) I don't want to get too much into my personal life, but it was, It was the most relatable scene of the entire movie to me. And I feel like I heavily related to Diana and that throughout this whole movie. And maybe I do need to do some research on her because I find her very relatable and kind of like, like, I just, I want to know more about her. But this scene, there's a scene of her sneaking into the kitchen at night and she just starts uncontrollably binge eating. And I felt very seen in that scene like I know exactly how she was feeling in that moment and I know how she felt like sneaking the food and trying not to make sound as she went into the uh the kitchen to eat and how embarrassed she was when she was caught and how it's just like so uncontrollable how she grabbed the food and she's like stuffing it down yeah I felt that moment like every day of my life especially like right now like I'm kind of struggling with it right now not gonna lie but yeah, I felt I thought that was very well done, very relatable. So again, I'm bring it back to the beginning when I said like I'm not saying that these scenes aren't done very well or tastefully at all. I'm just saying I don't know if Diana would appreciate that because I know I wouldn't have. But I really liked the scene. But what I really want to talk about with her eating disorder is the pearls. So Diana is given a pearl necklace from her husband and she realizes that her piece of shit husband gave the same pearl necklace to his ugly mistress. So she's wearing the shit on her neck and she's like, she's like itching at it. She's like, I got to get this thing off of me. I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going crazy. Like this needs to come off. She starts pulling at it and it snaps 
And these pearls, they're not just like little ass tiny pearls, like how we would typically see them. Like they're big ass pearls, like huge, obviously, because they're royal. They're big as fuck, like bigger than marbles big, like big marbles, big. And (laughs) like the size of walnuts, okay? They're like a walnut shell, like they're huge. And they fall into her soup. And she just starts uncontrollably, like, eating the soup, like, binging it. Like, she's in one of those episodes, like, where she's binge eating. And she starts swallowing these massive pearls. And it is so horrifying. It is, like, body horror horrifying. And it's so well done. It is so fucked up and so weird. And the sound design is so grotesque like that's what i mean when like there was a grotesque depiction of an eating disorder like this movie is grotesque you can hear the pearls hitting her teeth and you can hear everything like it's so anxiety inducing and she starts like choking on these pearls and she's like struggling to get to the bathroom and she vomits it up and of course it was all like a dream or it was all like a depiction of what her mind was going through or what she's feeling with her eating disorder or whatever because when she's in the bathroom throwing up we see the necklace or the pearl necklace like fully intact on her neck so it was just such an insane scene i was not expecting it like she's just going town munching on these pearls like jackie kennedy style like gnawing on them it was crazy but i want to go back to the sound The sound design in Spencer is insane. It is insane. The whole thing, I said anxiety inducing. The whole thing is anxiety inducing. I feel like the sound of this movie, including the score, but like just the sound design, like everything around you, it's so much and kind of overstimulating. And you are starting to feel like, diana in those moments you're starting to feel antsy like this is the the ultimate holiday movie it's like being with your family on the holidays who you don't actually like and you're kind of stuck with them like hello diana they probably murdered her they hate her so much so the sound design in this movie i think is one of its strongest assets outside of Kristen, because Kristen is so fucking good in this movie So yeah, the sound design, incredible, 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 incredible. I cannot say enough good things about the sound design and the score. It is so, it works perfectly. It's kind of very Shiva Baby, how that movie was very anxiety inducing, even though it's a comedy, but it does it so well. So does Spencer. But again with Kristen, like after those 10 minutes happened when I fully was like, okay, I understand what she's doing and she's doing it flawlessly. I was totally lost in the movie. Like I no longer saw her anymore. I saw Diana and I'm not like, Oh, she looked just like Diana. Cause I don't know. She looks like Kristen Stewart in a wig, but she's just so good. It felt so real. And there's so many such good scenes where I love the scenes where she's with her two kids and you kind of feel like you get that moments, those moments where her life is okay, but she is just terrified. And there's, there's like this line or something that she says to them, like, if I'm acting funny, 
tell me because you two are the only ones I'll believe. I don't believe what they tell me. I will only believe what you say. And like you fully feel like the absolute terror that Diana probably was going through at this time. Like how is she about to leave the monarchy? Like that is, I can't even imagine what she was going through. I can't even imagine the type of mind games the entire Royal family were playing on her. And there is a scene where it comes up where I think it was William is like, you're acting funny. Like you're going nuts, mom. And she does. She goes fucking crazy. But she felt so real to me. And so like it wasn't acting because I think this role could have easily been overacted and went overboard. And Kristen doesn't go overboard. She does it just right. And I just can't think of a performance that is going to take that Oscar away from her. And I don't want to be jinxing her. I just knocked on some wood because I'm still rooting for Kristen. I'm actually making my list right now for who I want to win the Oscars. Or I kind of make my own awards every year. And now it'll be kind of official because I will do an episode on the podcast where I dedicate a whole episode where I talk about who I think are the best of the best of the year, which I am running so behind this year. I've only seen like 48 movies, like 20, 21 releases I've seen. Um, let me open my letterbox real quick. Let me open that shit. I've seen 243 movies so far this year, but I've only seen like 48, 2021 releases. And I can't think of another person who is going to take it from her. I really don't. And I'm trying to remember what's coming up, like what releases are coming up. I don't, I really don't see Lady Gaga taking it. I am almost thinking Lady Gaga won't be nominated for an Oscar, like best actress for House of Gucci. The reviews right now, they came out today because it is, what is it? It's like Tuesday or something when I'm recording this. They weren't great for the movie, but I think she might get a nomination out of popularity and i haven't seen the movie i am rooting for gaga too but i i don't i don't think anyone's gonna take it from stewart like there are some actors that i would be happy if they took it but i really want kristen to win it. i think she deserves it which if you've heard my first episode she fucking deserves this award. She deserves the retribution or whatever. I don't even know if I use that word right. She deserves to tell everyone, you can eat shit. I am a good actress. I fu- won a fucking Oscar. But, you know, I don't know. I feel like I jinxed it. If you lose, Kristen, I'm so sorry. It was it was me. It was me. I'm sorry. But, yeah, I kind of lost where I was in my notes. So I'm just going to go... I'm just going to wrap this up. These movies, so they do feel, they're not like your average biopic. They are this character study. And they, first of all, these movies look so beautiful. They're obviously like this, like art housey look to them. I don't know. I see, like, I love cinematography. I love kind of doing it. Like when I was in film school, like the projects where you'd actually were able to be creative and not do some boring shit for the class like I really loved that I really I'm bad at it I don't know cameras I'm awful at remembering aspect ratios um this movie it's very dreamy 
which so is um spencer was dreamy but so was jackie they're both these very dreamy looking movies and they're they've got this like beautiful film grain and they're kind of pastel like lighter colors and i don't know they just look so good and they really fit because especially spencer because it feels very mm, like a dream slash nightmare the movie is also a nightmare but i highly recommend both i don't know if both are actually like if i would say they're both five star films i gave jackie a five star because i'm just that blown away by natalie portman's performance i think she earned every one of those stars spencer i go back and forth on a four or a five which again like or not again i've never said this before (laughs) but rating movies by like a star or like a number or rating them in general is so dumb like i don't even really care like it doesn't matter um because like what does that even mean when you're rating it like rating it against what i would just say both of these movies are like fascinating movies to watch not just because the subject matter or not just because the characters of these women are fascinating but the idea of making a biopic the way Papa Lorraine made them. Like, I would like to see more biopics that only take place within a couple days. We really never get those. I can't think of any that I've ever seen that are like that. And this kind of makes it sound like, well, I don't know. It sounds like I'm like, I'm like completely forgetting my question of like, is is this movie morally a good idea i still like i don't know like in my if i like go deep down into my soul i'm like no it's kind of fucked up it's kind of fucked up i would be so devastated (laughs) if i was diana and this movie came out i would be just for the eating disorder aspect also i'm sure this was a very humiliating moment in her life which i mean she's a public figure so it's like I don't know. Like, I can't really say anything. But, like, in the back of my head, I'm kind of, I was like, mm, this is, um, I don't know how to feel about this. Like, I love this movie. And Kristen's doing amazing. Pablo directed the hell out of it. The wardrobe is amazing. The set design is amazing. The sound design is amazing. I can't wait for the um entire album of the score to drop or whatever i don't know when it comes out i tried listening to it the other day but they only had like a song on there which i want to listen to the whole thing again it was so the sound oh my god the sound is so good um the cinematography was amazing which it was the same person who did it for portrait of a lady on fire which if you've seen that movie the best part of the movie is how fucking beautiful that movie looks this is just as beautiful Jackie is such a beautiful movie. It's Jackie's very somber and sad while Spencer is very tense. 
that's how I would, like these movies, I feel like they make a good double double feature. They connect so well stylistically and artistically, but they have different tones. In Spencer, I feel antsy. I'm like, what? oh my God, I feel like I'm in the shoes of Diana. And then in Jackie, well, in Jackie, I feel like I'm in the shoes of Jackie. It's fucking sad. It's such a downer. It's such a downer. Even though like her husband was probably a pig. Actually, he was a pig. Um, Any of the Kennedys out there listening to this podcast, your grandfather or whatever, it was a pig. <laughs> you heard it here first. No, I think it's like well documented that him and Bobby were like pigs. Um. But yeah, you just, I don't know. You feel for these women in such different ways. And Pablo, I think, just understood that in such a level that so many men, and I i don't know, maybe I can't, maybe I shouldn't be saying this because I'm not a woman. I don't know. Maybe it's not authentic. Although I'm, I'm about to say it is authentic because of how well it's been received, like critically, widely. He just has this understanding of women which is so interesting because he had never done a movie surrounding women before he did jackie and then he does spencer and it's like i don't know and he has even an understanding on film that is so different i need to see his other movies i think he has a movie called emma or something which i didn't know it was his and naruda i would love to see he's his other movies his chilean films because he's got something that i don't know what it is yet and I'm not sure, but he kind—he was like, I didn't deconstruct the biopic or whatever. But it's like, okay, you didn't do that, but you kind of made something new that is so interesting that I want to know more. And also, I, I want to know what this third movie could possibly be about. Like, originally, I was thinking, okay, it's just if we're going to fit with the theme, I would not, when people were saying, oh, it's got to be Britney Spears, I wouldn't like Britney Spears just on the theme because both Diana and um, Jackie are political figures or kind of. Britney is not. So I was thinking of political figures and I would like to do one that's not in America because we already have one in America and we have one in Britain or whatever. So it's like, it'd be uneven because um, I hate when things are uneven. And I'm very picky with that. <laughs> so my first thought was, uh, why have, like, they could make one on Hillary Clinton, which, oh my God, everyone's like, oh my God, Hillary, I don't ever want to see that annoying bitch again. And like, yeah, I know, same. Like, <laughs> the only thing I think about when I see Hillary Clinton is during the 2016 election, She's doing her circuit and she, Pokemon Go just came out and she goes, let's, or she says something like, why don't you Pokemon Go to the polls? <laughs> it is so funny. It is so funny. And, you know, today I was talking to my coworker. I was like, can you believe we lived through that? Like we lived through the past like six years. I feel like I aged 20 years in these six years. It is. <laughs> this was a very sick and twisted time. <laughs> what the hell happened? I mean, really the world's always been fucked, but like, 
the past six years haven't just been fucked. Like, yeah, we had the pandemic and that's crazy. Like, oh my God, we live, we are living through that. But like we lived through that, but also like the insanity, like the absolute insanity, like looking back on scandals, like political scandals that happened in the past six years or just like random shit of like Hillary saying, let's Pokemon go to the polls. Or like that time Trump was like, turn off the lights turn off the lights like that was crazy and now that we're past the trump and hillary era let me knock on wood because i never want to see them bitches again which (laughs) i saw this tweet where it was like oh my god donald trump fell off like he really fell off and that's true like i never hear from him like he's not on twitter anymore so it's like what happened to him like i don't care but like where was it going with this everywhere i know he's such a flop you know (laughs) i don't know i just can't believe like that was our reality and it like still is like looking back like that was real we didn't dream that some of those things really happened like the four seasons snafu that was just like the year anniversary of the other day like i totally forgot that happened and when i saw that on twitter we're like, which if you don't know, like, how could you not know at this point? But like, Trump was like, we are meeting at the Four Seasons. We're having our press conference at the Four Seasons. And they like booked it at like the Four Seasons Lawn Company instead of the hotel or whatever. And like Rudy Giuliani was like having his press conference at a fucking lawn place, like a lawn store or whatever. I don't even know what it was. Who cares? Like, that was crazy. That was hilarious. Okay, that was funny. (laughs) Oh, the reason why I brought up Hillary. Like, I think, like, if we're going on the theme of women, political, politically powerful women who have been cheated on by their husbands going through some sort of traumatic time in their life, like, hello, Hillary Clinton, Clinton, like, we have the American crime story going on right now, which I have not seen any of. It's, like, in my recordings. And... I don't know if we're ever going to get another season of that show because I don't think anyone is watching this season. But also the the viewers for American Horror Story were so low, but also it's like on Hulu. So I don't know. I don't know if we're getting more of those shows. I hope we get another American Horror Story season because I would like one to be. Um, I don't want to get into it. <laughs> I have some very conflicting feelings on my favorite show, which was very messy the past few years. But. They're doing that American crime story about Monica Lewinsky and ooh, Monica Lewinsky would actually be very interesting, but also they're doing that right now in American crime Story, which I'm sure they're doing a fantastic job with, but I don't think we've ever seen anything from like Hillary's perspective. Like I know she lost her mind. She lost her mind when that was going on. Like, <laughs> I can just imagine her stomping her feet, her little two-inch BB shoes, stomping her feet <laughs> the hallways of the White House when that was going on. <laughs> that would be, honestly, because, like, the whole idea of these movies is, like, what could have happened in these times? Like, I could think of a lot of things Hillary was doing when the scandal came out about Bill. <laughs> I can think of a lot of things. And honestly, I would love to see some Hillary Clinton content where she just lost her shit one, one night. 
Uh, I don't know. That will never happen. Honestly, like truthfully, do I ever want to see that? No, I don't want to see a beautiful looking movie surrounded by Hillary Clinton. I just don't. I've seen enough of Hillary Clinton in my life. Um, I don't need to see it. But that's like the only person I could think of that they could make another one of another the final quote unquote biopic of a woman because he said he wants to do another one on a woman. So, yeah, I can't think of anyone. I was trying to think of like other political figures or I don't know, some big lawyer or something like literally when I think of lawyers, I can only think of Robert Kardashian. So. I don't know. I have no more thoughts. I think I was going to make like 10 more points about Spencer and um, Jackie, but I can't think of anything at the moment. Honestly, that those were really like all I had to say that I can think of at the top of my head because I just shut my notes off and stopped looking at them. (laughs) But like, I don't know. I 100% think you should go see Spencer. It is a very surreal movie. It's, well, I don't know. I don't want to say it's, oh, it's a very surreal movie. You're going to go see a Lynchian movie. No, you're not going to go see a Lynchian movie. Oh my God, I thought I heard something. Anyway, you're not going to see a Lynchian movie. You're going to see Kristen Stewart in a blonde wig, kind of losing her mind, seeing the ghost of Anne Boleyn, um, eating pearls, binge eating in a kitchen, and... Yeah, I don't know. Her performance is so good. And I know like her her chemistry with the kid, the kids who are playing her children were so good. Really, I, I just can't see anything negative really about the movie. There, I think it was slightly too long, just very slightly. And I think her, the montage of her where it's like the figuratively of her being free and finally being like, fuck my husband i'm leaving his ass like when she has that moment and it shows her montage of her dancing around in all her different outfits and as a child and like she's finally free i thought that was slightly too long or i just like uh, the editing was just almost there for me but incredible movie Jackie is also an incredible movie. I had not as much to say about Jackie, even though I've seen it twice now. And I just watched it. I watched it after, like, right after I watched Spencer. Because I think I'm just so distracted by how good Natalie Portman is. So really the only good thing, like, the only thing I can say about Jackie is, like, you need to see it because of Natalie Portman. She is so good. She sounds just like Jackie Kennedy. She sounds, honestly, it's kind of annoying. But it's, like, an amazing God, she's so good. Natalie Portman is so good. I need to start watching more Natalie Portman movies, but she's she's so good. And she like distracts you from the movie, but the movie's great. Everything's great. Both make great, it makes a great double feature. Just go fucking see Spencer, okay? Go see it in theaters and support Kristen in her Oscar journey because she's gonna win it. And that's all I have to say on Spencer. <laughs> I really think I'm forgetting something. I'm going to finish this. And then when I start listening to it, I'm going to realize what I forgot. And I'm going to be like, what the fuck? Do I record it and re-edit it? In? No, because I'll never sound the same. So I don't know. You're going to get what you get. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know what's going on. Like, okay. 
we're all done talking about Spencer. So if that's all you came for to listen, then you can click away now because now I just want to like bitch about my life. (laughs) I really think I should have another podcast where I just kind of go off on talking about my personal life. But I have this problem where I overshare everything and... Even though people like really wouldn't listen to it, I don't think the people in my life would appreciate me saying every intimate detail I had like thought in my head and putting it out there. So I don't think I should do that, but I do just want to like talk about my life on a podcast or not even my life, just like anything. Cause clearly you can tell when I'm not structured by looking at notes, my brain just goes everywhere and I start, I don't know. I have a lot to say. Okay. I have a lot to say. (laughs) I just want to have fun and talk and I don't know I'm having fun I'm giggling it's a fun night at 1 a.m when I work tomorrow Ugh, I have not been able to watch much stuff like like I said my grandfather is visiting right now so I like have I just like don't have access to a tv because he's watching football and if you know me you know i want to kill myself it's just been really annoying because i haven't been able to watch anything i've only seen spencer and jackie like those are the last two oh no i also watched rush hour for the first time the other day while i was what was i doing oh i was making the notes for this episode and i just had rush hour on which i've never seen a friend of mine is a big Jackie fan, Jackie, a Jackie Chan fan. He kind of introduced me into some of his other movies, his non-English language movies. And I have honestly not seen that many Jackie Chan movies. And it was on HBO Max or whatever. And I was like, okay, we can check this out. I have so many mixed thoughts on that movie. I, this is nothing to do with Spencer, so I really shouldn't go into it, but I hate Lethal Weapon with a passion. I don't know if I just hate Mel Gibson. I hate looking at him. Also, like, I don't know if I'm making this up. I saw Lethal Weapon for a class in college, and I'm pretty sure Mel Gibson says faggot like three times in Lethal Weapon. Did I just make that up? Does that just feel like something he would say? I mean, we know he says that, but like, I feel like it's in the movie and it's so unnecessary. And you're just like, um, okay. Like I get it's like 1987 or whatever, but um, what? And I don't know. I just thought it was really boring and not my thing. But I kind of like the idea of a buddy cop movie. So I was like, okay, we'll watch this. Even though it's like kind of a ripoff. But I like liked it way better. It's actually entertaining and like Lethal Weapon. And there's like that scene where the little girl is in the car singing to Mariah Carey, I think fantasy or something. And it's the funniest scene ever. But also Chris Tucker is really obnoxious. And there is some um, racial jokes that really don't land. I don't even know if they land back then. They probably did. I don't know. I'm sure people thought that was funny. They probably still think it's funny. I don't know. I did not find those jokes very funny. I was just like, oh, okay. And then they said like the same thing, just worded differently again. And I was like, oh, we're saying it again. And then we did it again. And I was just like, um, okay. (laughs) I think we've had enough. You've had your fun, Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker. Like, are we going to say another racist comment or what? 
And then, yeah, Chris Tucker would say something about Chinese food or something to Jackie Chan. And then Jackie Chan would literally say the N-word. He says the N-word like twice in this movie, like in the same scene. But I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> he does say it. I don't know. Like, he. Uh, yeah, some of it didn't age well. <laughs> but it was not as terrible, like. As a movie, it wasn't as terrible as I thought. I think Jackie Chan, his, he brought something that Mel Gibson just cannot bring to Lethal Weapon. Like, what did Mel Gibson bring? The word faggot and a mullet? Like, okay, pack your bags. Let's get Jackie Chan falling from a ceiling and like being caught on flag or whatever. I don't remember a banner. That was cool. I want to see Jackie Chan fight people. I don't care to see Mel Gibson. So yeah, Spencer, Jackie, and Rush Hour were my triple feature. <laughs> I don't know if I recommend, I don't really recommend Rush Hour. Like I kind of do like, oh yeah, it was fun. It's like a buddy cop movie. Like, you know what you're getting. Although why am I like telling people like, oh, you should go see Rush Hour. Like it's a new movie. It's old as hell. Everyone has seen Rush Hour. I feel like I'm the only person who's never seen it. I don't know. I just like went on a whole sidetrack and review of Rush Hour when really all I wanted to do was say I haven't been watching that many movies because um, I really haven't had a TV available to me unless it's at nighttime and school is just kicking my ass. And I have like four projects to do and I have not started really any of them. <laughs> And I'm like, oh my God, school's kicking my ass and I'm not doing anything. I'm just worrying about how I haven't done anything. And I'm like, what the hell am I going to do? I have to write a whole paper. Like I have to do research and I haven't even like started any. And I have to like make surveys and have people do them. And I have not done any of that. And I'm kind of stressing out. <laughs> but also like, am I going to do it right now? No, I have an episode to put up. This is way more fun to me than doing a quantitative research bullshit yeah i don't know when the next episode is coming because i just i really gotta start doing my projects they're due like um uh, i some due on the 16th one on the 21st and then um like december 6th and then my professor was like oh i'll see you have a presentation and he's like oh it won't be long it won't be a long presentation it's like he's like it's only like 10 minutes 10 minutes on my findings of my research that I haven't done yet. Shit. Yeah, so I don't know what I'm doing. And I have a test to do and um, haven't started the study guide. And I need to do that, but um, haven't done it. And I have to, <laughs> before I even do that, I'm going to edit this episode. If you're my professor and you're listening to this and I failed the test, um, mind your business. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't, Okay. So back to the podcast. I don't know what I want to do for the next episode. I was trying to um, kind of skim what the next like best picture was and what I could talk about with it. And let me pull up the movie. I think it's like Broadway Melody or something that it's called. Um, the Broadway Melody from 1929 directed by harry beaumont and <laughs> i'm really not excited to watch this 
because almost everyone on my letterbox, no one gave it over a two and a half. Um, and there is a half star. There is a one star. I think it's the lowest rated Oscar winner on Rotten Tomatoes, which fuck Rotten Tomatoes. Maybe I'll make an episode just talking shit about Rotten Tomatoes because I hate her. I have like nothing to say about this movie. Like I haven't even seen it. But, like I know I don't have anything to say, which is kind of crazy because what I've been talking for 20 minutes on nothing. So like I have stuff to say about everything. But for this, I just don't. I don't know how I can stretch it out to be an hour and a half. Or even just an hour. Like, I feel like if I watched Broadway Melody and I did an episode, it'd be like 15 minutes. Ugh. So I don't know. I do have to do that movie. Maybe I'll put two movies on there. I'm not sure. But I need a topic. And I'm kind of stressing. I don't know what movie to do. I don't know if I want to do a movie or a topic. I kind of did a topic and a movie with this one. I don't know, guys. I'm stressing. I don't even know who I'm talking to because I don't know who listens to those. <laughs> I don't really think I have any. That's a lie, because I looked at my analytics. People have been pressing play on this shit. So if you're one of those people who press play, thank you. <laughs> if you made it this far past my nonsense babble that will probably happen after every episode, thank you. Um, My Instagram, it's been actually really fun to do. Although I'm looking at it right now and I realize like I have no pictures of men on here. Like I have like two. You heard it here first, folks. The film degree hates men. It's true. No, it's true. It's true. <laughs> but yeah, I need I need to put a man on here. Anyway, it's been fun. I've been liking my posts. Oh, I watched The Wizard of Oz. I totally forgot. I need to stop speaking directly into the mic. I'm sorry. I totally forgot to even say that I did watch The Wizard of Oz while I was doing my notes which it's one of my favorite movies. And when we get to the, um, what was it? The 1940 Oscars or 1939. I don't know which year it would have been. I think it's the following year. So about 1940 when Gone with the Wind won Best Picture. When we get to that episode, I have a lot to fucking say because The Wizard of Oz should have won. But anyway, I make posts on Instagram. If you want to follow it, it is film.degree. It's been fun. I started with like four followers. Um, those four people were like my only four friends that I forced to um, follow me. And I don't even think any of them actually like the posts. They just follow me because I made them. But we're up to 59. So that's fun. That's fun. <laughs> That sounded so sad. But yeah, you should follow that. I'm planning on posting more stuff. I need to find a man to post on there. And I always post what we're going to talk about before I actually record. So you know what the episode will be about if you want to watch the movie and um, watch it before you listen to the episode. So it's like a discussion or whatever. I don't know. Or if you want to just DM me on there, that's cool too. But yeah, clearly I'm just talking just to talk because I'm kind of bored. So I think we'll end it here. Um, this was a very fun episode. I really loved watching both Jackie and Spencer. And you've already heard my discussion, so I won't keep talking about it. But 
You should definitely check out both, especially Spencer, which is right now in theaters, because I think it is going to be a big Oscar contender this year. And when we get to um, award season, you better bet your ass I will be talking about it extensively. I know I will be talking, I will be reacting to the Oscar nominations. Um, I'll probably say who I think should be nominated. I'll do, well, no, we won't do that because we'll do an episode where I say my nominations for my awards, which I need to come up with a name with. If anyone wants to come up with a name for my fake awards, which are more prestigious than the Golden Globes, you should DM it to the Film Degree Instagram. <laughs> because yeah i'm gonna make an episode about that and we'll obviously make an episode after the oscars and since there's no golden globes we will not be doing an episode on that shit um so yeah i mean that's not for until next year so um we are getting into the the time of the year when they're like let's start putting out our prestigious movies that we want to win an oscar like house of gucci which i don't know if that's gonna win anything but they're starting to drop these big movies which i'm very excited to see and we'll probably be talking more about those but definitely support kristen stewart this year let's let's make t-shirts or something like this is kristen's year i can feel it i'm manifesting it everyone if you never, like, I'll only ask you one thing. I won't even ask you to keep listening to the show further in the next episodes. If I ever ask you one thing, it's this. Manifest tonight that Kristen ends up holding that Oscar next year. Okay, thank you. And thank you for listening. Bye. <laughs>